0: South Dakotans have relied on the horse for hundreds of years to work the land, compete for the ultimate prize, and enjoy the view of the rolling hills and prairie lands from on top of the South Dakota horse. We celebrate equine power, grace, and beauty, and the South Dakotans who take the reins. This is the South Dakota Horse Podcast. Hello everyone, my name is Justin Ehrman. I'm the host of the South Dakota Horse Podcast, on today's podcast, we have some exciting guests for you. Uh, the first one is Kristen Gonzer, who is the president of the South Dakota Quarter Horse Association. And our second guest is Shane Cramey, who is from the Fort Pier area. And uh, um, he's been very instrumental in getting the, the, the horse racing in Fort Pier to come back. Um, He's the track manager of the the Fort Pier race meet, and uh, he's gonna share his thoughts about what's been happening um, in the legislature to support the the horse racing industry, and some uh, other news about what's ahead for horse racing. So we're just gonna get right to it. So here is, uh, first up is Kristen Gonzer. Well, I appreciate you uh, coming on to talk with me here today. Just uh, tell me a little bit about uh, the association, first of all. Um, You're the president of the uh, South Dakota Quarter Horse Association, correct?
1: Correct. Yep, I I serve currently as the president of the South Dakota Quarter Horse Association. Uh, It's a nonprofit organization. Uh,
0: Okay. How long have you been serving as the president?
1: Um, this is my third year as the President. Um, I started in two thousand and seventeen with my first first cycle as the president and and now I will be doing my third term.
0: Excellent. okay. Well, very good. Um, so what what does it mean uh, to be the President of this association? what What are your responsibilities?
1: Um, my responsibilities are it kind of varies is to serve as a as a leadership role. Uh, with the association, uh, oh, kind of overseeing, conducting the meetings. We have a lot of volunteers that help, to help with the association, uh, organizing kind of some of the committees and, and just kind of following through on, on mission, on different tasks that they do. We have a lot of really well well organized committees that just kind of go with things right now, and like our banquet committee.
0: Sure. Okay. Well, we'll get to the banquet in a bit, but I wanted to just find out more about what what the association does. Uh, what what uh, okay. what kind of events do you plan, or what what is your mission? I guess uh, as an association.
1: Well, the South Dakota Quarter Horse Association is a nonprofit organization, and and I guess its mission statement. Uh, its mission statement is to develop membership through educational programs, recognition programs, recreational opportunities, the monitoring of equine public policy, fostering of industry relations, and the marketing and promotion and publicity of the American Quarter Horse. That's our mission statement. Okay. Uh, we're in our 70, 71st year of Oregon Fire organization. Wow. Uh, so, we this is, will... oh, go ahead we serve as an affiliate of the American Quarter Horse Association.
0: Sure. okay, that's that's kind of what I was thinking. So I was curious about this. Um, do you or like what, what what do you have to do to become a member?
1: Of uh, the South Dakota Quarter Horse Association, there's just an annual membership. Uh, the, the, you can go to our, our website at www.sdqha.com. And there's a membership application, and, and anyone can join. You don't have to be an AQHA member to join the affiliate. Um, it, it's nice if you are, but the affiliate is a standalone membership to the American Quarter Horse Association.
0: Okay, excellent. All right, so let's let's go to the banquet now. You, you had the banquet at the beginning of the month. Uh, tell me how that went. Uh, what, what, what were some of the highlights of the event?
1: Uh, so if we look at our banquet, it was our 71st annual banquet and meeting. We started off with a, oh, I guess we'll call it a pre-social that was held at the Casey Tibbs Center on Friday, January 3rd. Uh, this was a great opportunity. It was an informal sort of setting for people to connect horse people from across our state. Our national director, Jim Hunt, served as our master of ceremonies, going from group to group uh, sharing about the different groups we were honoring at our banquet, and, and then those honorees had a chance to share some stories as well. We had about 100 people at this pre-function event at the Casey Tibbs Center. We were really lucky that to, to come to our meetings. SDQHA has had AQHA President Stan Weaver and his wife Nancy have joined us at our pre-function and our, our banquet and meetings for the past three years. So it's really exciting that we have have them as as a resource at our meetings that are that are there. So that was our Friday night. Uh, we shifted our activities then on Saturday over to the Ramcota at Pierce, South Dakota. We started bright and early on Saturday morning with the board of directors meeting from 7:30 till about noon. Uh, at 11, our youth has their annual meeting, and then the board of directors wraps up for a quick lunch, and then we. We had our annual meeting at two two PM, our business meeting. Uh, the business meeting really entails election of new directors, uh, the reaffirmation of our national directors. This year the board of directors is welcoming two new state directors, Troy Krauser of Whitewood and Sheila Price of Reliance, are coming on as new as new members to our board.
0: And And I guess the highlight of the term.
1: Oh, terms for our board is a three year term. We have 12 state directors that serve three-year terms, and you can do up to two terms so six years. And then we have national directors that also serve on our board, the national AQHA directors are kind of, they sit on our board, they're continually in a position as national directors. And we, we currently have seven national directors that are active on our board, and one AQHA honorary vice president also serves on our board of directors
0: okay yeah sounds that sounds good a lot lot of people are involved the way it sounds
1: yes it's we we try to our our director positions are divided into east central and west three three directors in each of those regions and then at three at-large positions And so that's kind of our, our our people that oversee our directors
0: that that sounds great um so as far as the event goes, the, this banquet, now I saw something about a legacy.
1: Ah, uh, yeah, our evening banquet, that's, that's kind of the highlight of our, our annual meeting is the banquet in the evening. Okay. Um, where we honor our legacies.
0: So um, tell me about the legacies. Uh, what, what does that entail? I mean, do they have to be w- within the industry for a certain amount of time or be recognized or awarded somehow?
1: Um, The legacies, we have a committee that selects our legacy awards. Uh, They look at people who've had a significant, who've made significant contributions to the American quarter horse in our state over the years, hence the name, the legacy awards. And they've uh, looked at seven categories. um, This year at our banquet, we had about, no 250 people at our legacy banquet and social hours on on Saturday, uh, January 4th. We had some special guests in attendance, in, in addition to our legacy winners, uh, South Dakota Lieutenant Governor Larry Woden and his wife Sandy were there. As I've mentioned, our AQHA President Stan Weaver and his wife Nancy attended. And in honoring of our legacies, probably it was very exciting to have Miss Rodeo America, South Dakota's own Jordan Tierney, joined us as her first official appearance as Miss Rodeo America. She was at our banquet as well.
0: Yes, I saw that. That was, that was exciting to see.
1: So our our youth really enjoyed having getting to meet her as well as all 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 of the adults and all the honorees. Oh, I'm sure. But our honorees are categories. We we look at a trainers uh, this year in 2019. We honored Jim and Barb Halligan, and the category of rodeos. Our other category, Bud and Iris Day, in the category of show, Patty and the late Don Bruner, and the category of American Quarter Horse Racing, Jerry and Shirley Olson, Uh, promoter Lynn and Connie Weishar, ranch the Louie Krogman family Quarter Horses, and then this year the influential horse we recognized was Wiley Wood.
0: That sounds like a a lot of recognition, well deserved, I'm sure.
1: Yes, we try to try to look at all, all you know across the gamut of the horse industry in our state.
0: And that's something as I'm, I'm, I'm when I'm getting into this whole South Dakota horse thing. There, there is, there are so many levels of of the horse world in this state. It's just amazing to me.
1: Oh, it's very diverse. We, yeah, we have, we're we're very blessed to have such a diverse, rich background of the equine industry. From just our seven categories alone, represent a huge diversity, and and that's just you know we're we're putting some broad groups in there, a broad stroke. If we broke it right. down, there's even a lot more specialization, too.
0: Sure, sure. Well, you mentioned the youth. Um, appreciating seeing uh, Miss Rodeo America. Um, tell me about the Youth Association.
1: Well, our, our South Dakota Youth Association, our South Dakota Court of Horse Youth Association, uh, is currently the youth advisor is Becky Johnson. She has served as our youth advisor for several years. They they have an annual meeting and they run their own board and association. Uh, they just they just elected their officers on a conference call meeting they had because of the they had several of their older kids older youth that weren't able to be at the annual meeting this okay. year. Mm-hmm. We have some really great youth leadership right now. Uh, we had many of our youth. Several youth went to the AQH AQHYA yes leadership convention in Texas last June. Uh, this is an opportunity AQHA puts out there for helping to promote leadership and community service in youth. We've had several youth that are participating in the AQHYA Youth World Show and the AQHA Novice Championships this past year. You know, they're a real active group. Our, our youth participate in many state events, too. We were very fortunate this year they provided the shavings manpower for... Our SDQHA summer shootout quarter horse show held in June in Brookings. They they did all the manpower delivering the shavings to the exhibitors.
0: Oh, okay. Um,
1: they also hosted an exhibitor party, and then they had this really fun costume class. They put in to the conclusion of Saturday's show. We had all sorts of fun entries in there from the Wizard of Oz to Game of Thrones <laughs> costumes. There, there were quite some creative. <laughs> Youth and adults that participated. And that sounds fun. Um, and then they kind of, they, assist, they assisted with our banquet too. They, they helped seat people at our banquet and uh, served as kind of our, our little greeters, door greeters.
0: Okay, great. Um, so is there a membership fee to be involved in the youth organization?
1: Yep, the youth have their own separate organization and their own separate fee to join, um, they have a few requirements of, you know, meetings. They they need to be, to, for end-of-the-year awards, they have some requirements for meetings to attend and sponsorships they obtain, but they then, they can get end-of-the-year awards just like our our adult association members do too, and, and that's part of our banquet too is we honor both the youth end-of-the-year winners from the various approved shows and the adults.
0: So, are there any upcoming events uh, that are sponsored by the, the Quarter Horse Association?
1: Um, we do. The next probably major event that's an event totally sponsored by the South Dakota Quarter Horse Association would be the Brookings Summer Shootout.
0: Okay. Tell me more about uh, that. I, I've, I've never attended that.
1: Okay. Um, what, if, what the Brookings Summer Shootout is, it, it's an AQHA horse show that's held at the Brookings Swift Health Center. It is sponsored and ran by volunteers from SDQHA, Run the Gates, Set the Trail. It's a, a full AQHA split combined show. It's new for 2020. We are going to offer six judges, which will mean three judges in two split combined shows, which means the classes, three judges judge each class at a time. And so half of the classes will be on one day, the other half will be on the next day. And then the next, then we'll have three more judges for the last two days of the show. Of this show in the past, we've had just five judges. So adding this this additional judge is is new for the year. And we're going to continue. Last year, we had a very popular per-judge entry fee that allowed unlimited showing per horse in all divisions, just one entry. her judge and it was very popular and we're going to continue with that in 2020
0: that sounds like a great event
1: um, it's it's really exciting that it is the SDqHA's own show ran by SDqHA
0: if you look into the future um, what do you think the what do you think the core horse industry looks like for South Dakota
1: Well, as we would mentioned earlier, the diversity in our state is definitely a plus for us. We have a highly diverse equine industry. Uh, We don't see in South Dakota as much as you may see in other states the the more urbanization trend that's out there. So I think it's really important, even in our rural state, that we continue to As SDQHA and any horse enthusiast, that we look for opportunities to educate the public about the horse. I just see there's fewer and fewer opportunities where people who are not familiar with horses have that they can actually be introduced to a horse. I think it's important that we we try to reach out and educate educate people about them and try to introduce people to the horse so we continue to grow grow our numbers or at least maintain steady. So I think education is one of the key things, you know, just getting people to actually meet a horse, to, to know what it means to own a horse and all the, the, the great things that come with horse ownership and involvement in equine activities. Probably the other major area is probably equine animal or animal welfare in general or equine animal, equine welfare. That's probably an issue at the forefront and it goes along with that education and others that for others to educate them about the horse and what's being done in the equine industry.
0: Yeah, that's that's a that's a, a great effort to to really take initiative on. And if there's anything that uh, that I can do uh, to help you with that, because uh, that, that's that's really my main goal for South Dakota Horse is to not only unify. Um, the access uh, within the, the, the horse industry, um, but also for those who are not involved in the horse industry to, to, to be able to have easy access to everything that they need to know to be able to make an educated decision about whether they want to own a horse. And if they do decide to do that, you know, what do they do? How do they care for this horse? So that, that's, those are really the, the two main goals for South Dakota Horse.
1: Uh, that's really an important thing is is education as right as we become more urbanized. It's,
0: there's mm-hmm.
1: less opportunity for people.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, and that could be a whole nother <laughs> a whole another podcast about yeah. the, you know what kind of opportunities that we that are available in the state uh, for the urban areas. Um, you know that's. Me included. I'm I'm from Sioux Falls, and I don't have access, or easy access anyway, to a lot of the things that uh, would be needed to own a horse. So, just want to you know, I want to collect all that information and make it available so that people can be more educated.
1: That's very good. That that will be. It's certainly something people can benefit from.
0: Yeah. Yep. I agree. So I'm, I'm looking at your signature on your email, and I see that you have a lot of different titles and things behind your name. Can you explain what it is that you do uh, professionally? And I, I see you're a judge and all that. So can you just explain all that?
1: Well, I wear a lot of different hats. My husband and I, we we live on a ranch by Groton, South Dakota, and we do raise Uh, Angus Cattle and American Quarter Horses. We've raised American Quarter Horses for over 25 years. Uh, But I'm also an educator. That's what my degree is in. uh, My undergrad's in chemistry, and I have a graduate uh, master's degree in in teaching and learning. I'm a classroom educator. Chemistry, organic chemistry, and anatomy physiology is, is what I teach during the day, and I also coach speech and debate. On the flip side, I'm also... An AQHA professional horseman and an AQHA level one judge. So I, I spend a lot of my summertime, fall time at at horse shows as a judge, judging securities horse shows, open shows. Um, I also love to do clinics. So I, I am a clinician. Kind of one of my specialties is ranch riding and trail. But I also work with youth and horsemen, youth and adults, in horsemanship, showmanship, uh, basic horse handling. Um, I've been a, an open show judge for about 20 years, and I have an AQHA Level 1 card and a POAC uh, judge card as well. I'm kind of thinking in, as I retire from the classroom, I'd like to do more and more judging.
0: That that sounds great. So um, do you travel all over the country to do that, or is it just regionally? Or
1: Mostly just regionally uh, for my judging. Um it's, I stay in the Iowa, Iowa, Minnesota, North Dakota, South Dakota,
0: predominant. Okay. Yeah, well, that's, that's, that's plenty, I'm sure.
1: <laughs> and, and as, perhaps I, I hope to expand as, as, as I spend less time in the classroom.
0: Sure. So as far as your, your home, you've, you're married, do you have kids?
1: Um, I have two grown children, um. Uh, my son just, he, he ranches with us. He just lives a mile and a half away with, with our grandson. We have a four-year-old grandson. My daughter and her husband, uh, they live on a farm up by Houghton, and they're expecting their first child, so I'll have a grandchild number two in March. Oh, and they're, they're expecting a little girl.
0: Congratulations. So it'll be
1: exciting to have one of each. <laughs>
0: well, that's, that's, uh, that's fun. You know, uh, being a, a grandparent is is certainly a, a different level of parenting. It, it's yeah, so but enjoyable. And yep, it's best. Yeah, yeah. Well, oh, very good. Uh, is there anything else that you would like to share?
1: Um, just I really encourage people. The one thing I would love if you have any interest in seeing what a what a American Quarter Horse Association horse show is, the SDQHA Summer Shootout. Uh, June 18th through the 21st at the Brookings Swift Health Center would be a fabulous place to come and, and see. It's a beautiful facility with some of the best exhibitors and volunteer help you could ever find. It's just a really fun, family-friendly show.
0: Well, that that sounds like a lot of fun, and we will will certainly be promoting that um, on all of our channels. So. Um, we hope we actually hope to even be there, uh, present uh, as the South Dakota Horse uh, Organization. So
1: well, that would be just awesome.
0: Yeah. Well, very good. Well, Chris uh, and I really appreciate your time here, and um, uh, we look forward to talking to you again. Hopefully, we can do another one of these little chats and and uh, talk about uh, some different topics.
1: That would be exciting. That would be lots of fun, and I really thank you for. For having me on today and to talk about the south dakota quarter horse association it's something i'm really passionate about i've been involved with it since i was a youth or actually a preteen is when i started in the south dakota quarter horse association so it's it's been kind of part of my life
0: very good well i i hope that we can make the quarter horse a part of uh, many more lives yeah, so we, uh, folks, we've got uh, Shane Cramey here, and uh, he is uh, has been really an integral part of uh, South Dakota racing in Fort Pierre for, for quite a while. And, um, he is, uh, really fighting hard to, you know, well, to, first of all, to get funding, to get racing back in South Dakota, uh, but to have it continue and prosper. So, uh, Shane, thanks for being on with us tonight and, um, just... Just I had just, you know, you you put this letter out, and, and I guess for those of you who don't know, uh, the South Dakota Quarter Horse Racing Association and the, the South Dakota Horsemen's Association, I guess, uh, they put out this, they've just uh, put out this website. Um it's uh it's Horseracingsd.com and on that website which i encourage all of you to go out and visit and just take a look at it it's it's got some great information on it Um, is there's a letter on there that shane composed uh just to kind of explain what's been happening on the legislative front for uh the the funding to make horse racing possible so so shane you you've mentioned a little bit about that but so when did, when did all this take place,
2: This uh, the SB-128? Well, SB-128 was introduced last year, and and through that Senate bill, we'd, we'd retrieved $120,000 of approximately, there was $5.85 million that was swept from the live racing accounts by a previous administration back in the, the late 90s and early 2000s. And so when we introduced this, this Senate bill, and were successful in retrieving that money. It was on the premise that that was a, just a small percentage of that money. And and that money was to, to be placed with the the available funds that were in the live racing account, the revolving account and the bread account that is overseen by the South Dakota Commission on Gaming and which is utilized to produce these live racing events in Fort Pier and Aberdeen. And that money was placed in the accounts, and has become available, but now through this Senate Bill 38 of this year, of uh, the 2020 session, that's, it's an attempt to retrieve that $120,000 and take it away from the already available funds. And there there would be, to my knowledge, there would be enough money left in the live racing accounts to conduct the race meet that we proposed in 2020, but it would, it would uh, deny that foundational stability for horsemen provide any assurance of having another race meet in 21 and you know as, as we all know horsemen when they make these plans for these horses and and plans for the future they have to basically make those plans years in advance so so they know where they're going with these horses and more specifically south dakota bred horses
0: right right so for those of uh, those of the uh, listeners out there who don't know much about horse racing, uh, what's the what's the minimum age for a horse to, to race?
2: Well, we will, like in, in this proposed 2020 race meet in Fort Pier, we will have a fraternity, and in racing, a fraternity is for two-year-olds. And, and that two-year-old race is incentivized with South Dakota bred money. And, and the way that is incentivized is to in entice producers to breed South Dakota bred horses and they get to they get to race in, in this race in Fort Pier. And in the past there were and as even like as late ago as nineteen ninety we were in a situation where, where we had you know 90, 90 colts would run with this money and now we're down to just a handful of these South Dakota bred horses but they will specifically breed these horses and bring these two-year-olds to race in this fraternity, and there's also a derby as well, and that's for the three-year-olds. And it will be it will be incentivized with this money that is flowed into these live racing accounts through the, the OTB or simulcast mechanism, and there's only one simulcast site left in North Sioux City, and that is what is currently funding South Dakota horse racing. And that was a mechanism that was installed Installed by Governor George Mickelson in
0: 1987. So yeah, that's that. I mean, that's been in place for for quite a while. So how did it how did it come that we didn't have racing last year?
2: Well, we were in a situation, and, and we'd worked hard and received this emergency funding, and it was placed with the other money. And my organization, the Vendry Benevolent Association, and in reaching out and working with Northeast Area Horse Racing, we, we had had discussions about this race meet. And what we'd encountered in, in Fort Fear, we were scheduled to race first. And, and that application was submitted to, to race in 19, was submitted in, uh, in November of, of 18. And so these dates are, are allocated to the organization, the Vrindra Benevolent Association, and we were set to race in 19. But as, as you know, and as all South Dakotans well understand, we encountered a weather situation that was basically insurmountable. And we were, we were in a situation where we had a, a snow-covered racetrack and, and barns that were, that were wet, and there were just so many weather-related challenges and taking them all into consideration and and the main one we took into consideration was the safety of the horses and all the individuals involved in this race meet and and we didn't feel that we were in a situation where we could produce a successful race meet and and not necessarily come out economically the, ahead, but didn't want to get anybody hurt or any animals hurt so we we chose not to race, we voted not to race, and we didn't allow that. You know, use it or lose it mentality to to overwhelm us and overtake good decision making. And I and I know working with the organization in Aberdeen, Northeast Area Horse Racing, they were in the same situation. And and when we reached out to horsemen and and spoke with them and asked them, you know, will you have horses available to come participate in this race meet? They had not had an opportunity to. To get to 60 days in these horses to get them ready to run so we knew we were sitting on a situation where there were there were no horses to run so we we opted if you will to to keep our powder dry and that's why we've changed our dates to run in in the fall and we know that before we had run for 70 years in the spring in fort pier and you know in aberdeen had raced next but we just felt that we needed this change and to try to change things up. And hopefully the, the weather will be a little more conducive to a successful race. Game. Right. Yeah. I hope so too.
0: <laughs> you never know. You never know with our weather. No. But
2: <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, you can, you can encounter poor weather in July. <laughs> <So> right. <laughs> it's just kind of a roll of the dice and it is what it is, but we've made these changes and, and think they're good changes for everyone involved and, Sometimes change is, is difficult, but we we look forward to, uh, to attempting to put together this successful race meet for 2020, and we would very much like to have this, this foundational stability with that funding remaining in the live racing accounts to race again in 21, and and I know the, the South Dakota horsemen are attempting to, to generate some of their own private revenues to be placed with these other funds with these live racing funds to to support these race meets and a, and a big shout out to the Horsemen's association for doing that yeah that's that was, that, that was much needed
0: sure so you know as i think about this first of all my first question is how much does it really cost to run a race meet
2: well that it, it depends on where you want to set your purses and I mean, you can, you can adjust your purses, but your, your operational costs have, just like with any business in the last 20 years, they have risen exponentially. And where there used to be so much labor put forth, you know, on a donation basis, what, what all organizations are encountering now is it, it is tough to find volunteers, to because there is so much going on. And, I mean, communities are busy so you have to you have to pay these people to come in and help produce this race meet. So if you're you're in a situation where an in, insurance is a large expense, I mean it when when you use a starting gate to race horses, there's a there's a large expense. But but with that race meet, seems that you know comes a lot of oversight and regulation and, and from the state. And that's a good thing for the safety of the horses, and safety of the riders, and safety of everyone involved. And so it's it's not cheap. And if you want to, what we propose for this, two hundred and twenty-four thousand dollars for a two-day race meet, seventy-five hundred dollar purses, fifteen thousand for a Red Derby and a Red Futurity, and and the rest of it would be utilized for operational costs. And and you must understand this. If we run an efficient race meet and, and don't use all of the money that was laid out for operational expense, it will flow back to those live racing accounts and there will be there to be utilized in the next race meet. And so so as an organization like the Vrindra Benevolent Association, we will undergo an audit by the state and they oversee that, the Gaming Commission does, and we have to pass that audit and everything is overseen and it's it's regulated with uh, the most stringent of expectations from the South Dakota Commission on Gaming. So it I mean you can you can adjust your purses and and you can adjust some of your operational expenses, but what I what I don't want to do as a track manager is cheapen things up where it becomes a safety issue. And so there's a delicate balance there. And so but I, I think we can I think we can achieve that delicate balance and produce a successful race meet and, and attract horses and and what, what's difficult about everything is if you don't have that future because racing needs to look ahead two or three years into the future for these producers and these ag producers to, to build any kind of stability and make their plans. And and that's what that's what happened when that the first time that money was swept from those accounts, that kind of sent a negative signal to all producers that, hey, maybe, maybe if you plan on making a future out of this, maybe you better look on racing elsewhere in South Dakota. And there's there's been many successful individuals get their start in South Dakota and use it as a stepping stone and, and move on. Sure. And that was my, and that what,
0: my my next question. Is you know, since the 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 opportunities to race in, in South Dakota are not great by any means, um, you know, we've got the two meets. These producers, how how are they making their living if we only have two meets in South Dakota? So they must be racing
2: elsewhere, right? Well, absolutely. And in, in Fort Pierre, you know, we would. When I say back in the day, even you know, ten, twelve years ago. And, and 20 years ago, when we were still racing eight days, we were in a situation where, where individuals would come in in March and begin training horses in Fort Pier and be in, be in the community for, you know, in, until May. But they would begin training those horses, and Fort Pier was utilized as that beginning racetrack. And those horses would, you know, they would flow out of here around the nation. And it was it was that training track, and they they would go on to Aberdeen and participate in Aberdeen, but then they would flow to other places. And I mean that's kind of kind of what we were, and that was our niche in the market was this training facility. But there, there was a lot of good horses come out of South Dakota, and a lot of good trainers, and used it as a stepping stone. And and when that money started started getting swept from those accounts, there there were trainers that. You know, had large stables that basically had to opt out of even participating in South Dakota and move on. You know, to to make that living, and and that was a that was a terrible situation. And and quite frankly, in the last you know five, six, seven years, the individuals that participated in South Dakota, that lived in South Dakota, participated in South Dakota horse racing more out of loyalty and not out of economics but just, just honor-bound and knowing their history and that their fathers and their grandfathers and in the horse breeding history, that they were honor-bound to South Dakota. And we appreciate that greatly because I understand that feeling very well.
0: Well, and I, you know, the, the more I uh, talk with, with uh, people in South Dakota that are involved with, with uh, horses in any sport or or any industry, um, the loyalty and the 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 ethics to to keep things in South Dakota and to have that pride that that they're in South Dakota, um, it's just tremendous. I'm just I've been so impressed.
2: Oh, absolutely! It talking. for sure when you when you speak with individuals and and it seems inevitably. You know, when you're speaking to legislators and, and business people, everybody wants to speak about the economic side. And, and I can point to things about what this does economically for South Dakota, the tax revenues it generates and they spread out and it grows exponentially and, and flows back into the general fund. And I can make that case, absolutely. And that's easy to do. But whats what it is tough to measure is the cultural aspect of the, of the horse industry and of the agricultural industry in general in South Dakota. And that that opportunity you get for for young people to grow up working with livestock, and uh, you know it's just learning this responsibility and the camaraderie and people coming to a race meets and rodeos and barrel racings and and what have you, anything cattle shows and state fairs. I mean, it, it's tough to tough to gauge that culturally. I mean, you can't put a quantitative measurement on it, but but we all understand that it's a positive thing. And that—that's what horse racing does as well.
0: Well, I—I I certainly hope that this uh, meet in October is going to be a very successful one, and I—I I hope that um, you know through our efforts that we can we can even help to draw even bigger crowds to to the meet.
2: Sure, absolutely, and that's what we—I mean, we we want these people, and 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 don't get me wrong, there has been. A plethora of things other activities where people can go participate in and watch and and we all know what those are in south dakota and outdoor activities and, and everything that's going on but we, we hope to draw in this crowd and, and you know have received a lot of positive comments on this race meet and and that's and a lot of questions you know and, and why the move and and why we've changed and why the changes and and just explaining to people and and I think for the most part, people are accepting of that. And I hope they can make time to come to this race meet and, and check it out and, and bring their children and, and have a good time and have a hot dog and drink a soda pop and, and take in the horses. I mean, and, you know, and yes, it's mutual wagering, but it's never been about that for me. It's It's been about that camaraderie. It's been about working with horses developing those relationships with people and just the overall goodness of the of the entire event the event
0: sure so you're you're talking about a family event so at the meet what can families experience while they're there i mean other than the racing other than the great food i'm sure what what else is there i mean what what would draw a family to come to the races
2: well, and when we raced in twenty eighteen, we we had the opportunity and some great sponsors, and they provided a lot of a lot of uh, gifts for raffle and drawings. And at that time, we also had some stick horse races for the kids, and and they got out on the racetrack and got to do that. That was a lot of fun, and had another organization help us out with that. And you know, when I when I talk to a lot of people that haven't been to the event before, you know, and they're they're a little, uh, you know, a little intimidated by it, and and I tell them, I said, just just come and watch, and and sit in the shade, you know, and and just take it all in. You don't you don't have to go bet. That's not what it's about. But just sit and watch the horses, watch them saddle the horses, watch the horses on the racetrack, watch the people out riding the horses, and and how they interact and, and what they do, and it's it's such a visual stimulation. And just the sights and the sounds, and the noise and the smell, and it when you take it all in and put it all together, it it's like no other event. I mean, it it offers that little bit of little bit of class, you know, with with the uh, the beautiful movements of a horse, and just everything combined makes it the event that it is.
0: That sounds like a a great time to me.
2: <laughs> sure. Well, I. I mean it's uh yeah, I mean I, I've never talked to anyone that has, has come to the races that, that didn't walk away with a positive experience. And I've and I've talked to many that the first time that did that come and watched it and they said, Oh my you know, I never thought it would be like that. I can't wait to come back and I I fully I fully hope we can make this happen for them again. And say the, the one the one wild card that's always that no one can judge is the weather. And your crowd is so dependent on that weather. I mean it can be sunny and seventy five and everything's good. And we've experienced times when it was not so good. <laughs> so it has a large <laughs> bearing on that crowd. No, yeah, and, that's and, absolutely and, true. and that entire experience.
0: <laughs> right.
2: <laughs>
0: Very true. So, Very yeah. true. So now the 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 meat is on the fairgrounds, right? Correct so the fairgrounds and Fort pier. And, um, once you have the dates nailed down, uh, we'll make sure that we, we, uh, promote it really well for you guys.
2: That would be, that would be a very good thing. Yes. And, yeah. and we will work hard and reach out and, and do some advertising and, and work hard to get the, get this out there, get the dates out there. And, uh, once we know the exact amount of our funding, if our funding request is fulfilled, and we will know a lot more about it by the end of March, and we will get our condition book out and horses horsemen will get a chance to look at these races and and what horses they might have available to participate in the races.
0: Okay so what uh, what's the deadline for uh, horsemen to enter their horses in the race?
2: Well, we haven't we haven't decided that yet. We will name that in in the condition book. And, I mean, after we receive the amount of funding that we know that amount and that date will be stated in our, I mean, you will, entry days will be like the week of the race meet and you, they will enter their horses and and horses that get in and are able to participate in the race. And and if races fail and we have to adapt and, and offer a different kind of race and just kind of go with that flow and we will do that but uh it's uh yeah we'll we'll know more here at the end of march and so we can provide a little more stability i guess i would i would like to say that this funding would be there and, and we could start planning for a 2021 20, meet <laughs> but and and that's the way it's supposed to be and that was the, you know when when the accounts were set up and and the mechanism there was supposed to be the stability for this industry and this industry was to flourish and that's that's what governor mickelson had fully intended and and that was a shame when that money was first swept that kind of sent that negative signal and and that never really came to fruition all of that positivity but we will we will move on and and that to produce this successful race meet and and do what we need to do and hopefully we can provide another one in 21 and then on into the future and, and grow and kind of rebound and get things back on track.
0: Yeah. Well, that, that would be amazing. So, uh, what, what can horse fan horse racing fans do to, um, help us push this into the future?
2: Well, they can, you know, if, if you enjoy going to the horse races and I've told a lot of people this, I mean, reach out to your, to your legislators, just reach out and say, Hey, you know we really enjoy south dakota horse racing and and we would like to see it stick around so just reach out to them and i mean they it can be your legislators it can be your your governor you can send an, an email to the governor's office you can state it to your county commissioners and your your city leaders but but just get the word out there and you know and speak positively about it and say hey we'd we'd like to keep this around. And and I know a lot of people aren't even aware that there was racing in South Dakota. You know, it's that, that's just a fact. And, uh, you know, and I, and I must say, I'd always kind of taken that for granted because I grew up around it. I was raised around it and just always took it for granted that, Hey, everybody knows about this, (laughs) but that is not (laughs) the case.
0: Well, we are certainly going to change that.
2: Well, that, that is, that is great to hear and absolutely with with all of the different methods we have now on social media and and just say all those methods i think we can do that rather quickly
0: yep i agree So, well shane this we, has been this has been very interesting um, and i hope that uh we can have some more talks like this as you as you get closer to uh meet time um, I'd like to talk to you again, and, and we'll get an update on how things are going with the planning, and, and maybe we can uh, send out a plea for some volunteers, and, and we'll help you out that way, too.
2: That would be great. And say, everybody, just think positively about South Dakota horse racing and feel free to reach out to those legislators and make it known, well, this is, this is something we want to keep around, and this is part of South Dakota tradition, and we've been doing this in an organized fashion for over seventy years, and before that, I'm going to say that the first time that there were two horses in South Dakota as an organized state, that there was probably a horse race between those two horses. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. just, you're probably right. Just keep working, <laughs> moving forward.
0: That's right. That's that's all we can do. Absolutely. All right. Well, Shane, I appreciate your time tonight. Uh, everyone that is listening, I thank you uh, for listening to this conversation with Shane Cramey. And um, uh, let's let's get some support to the horse racing industry.
2: Absolutely. And thank you for your time and your support and all you're doing to, to help propel us into the future. It was great speaking with you.
0: You too. Thanks, Shane. You have a great night. You too. Thank you. Well, we're at the end of our time together today. Thanks to our special guests, Kristen Gonzer and Shane Cramie. And we are grateful for the sponsor of today's show. That's you. We appreciate your support. And thank you so much for listening to our show. Remember to visit SouthDakotahorse.com for all things equine in the great state of South Dakota. Until next time, keep riding.